You're listening to the Board Game Snobs podcast, a ridiculous podcast with ridiculous hosts that discuss ridiculous things. And any mention of board games is purely coincidental. And so, without further ado, and with a heavy dollop of shame and embarrassment on my part, I give you the Board Game Snobs. This is recorded. This is a recorded session, unlike our others. We were live from BGG. We have now returned back. We are no longer live. No We're just recording live. from Board Game Geek Spring Con 2022. It is a convention for which we have participated in, and we are back for what is no doubt probably the calmest convention we've been to. It was very chill. Very chill. Was it too chill? Yes. I, I wish so. there was more ruckus. There was a little, it was, there was not a whole lot going on. No, it wasn't. We were the biggest celebrities there. <laughs> that is sad. And when you are the smartest person in the room. I mean, sure, I saw Eric Lang walking around, but come on. He he was incognito. I didn't see him getting accosted for autographs. I didn't either. So when you're the biggest celebrity there, you're in the wrong room. That's what I like to say. It's what I always say. But. We got to meet several fans, listeners, slash people of the show. Fanatics. That's what a fan stands for. I wouldn't exactly say they're fanatical. You called them fans. Well, I guess. That's literally that's, the definition. But that's slang. Oh. Yeah, it doesn't really mean fanatical. You can be days. a fan of something and not be fanatical yeah. about it, can't it doesn't, you? It doesn't mean what it used to mean. It doesn't. We should reclaim it. I, I, we just did. It means fanatical. It means fanatical. I'm going to say Chad's fanatical. <laughs> Chad Chesson, a dear listener. Dear. A dear listener. It's Bambi's dad. He's listening. <laughs> He's been an avid listener ever since his wife got shot. He's been sad, looking for a way to go through his sorrows, and gaming was his way. So he started listening to us. Chad lives in the neighboring states. I won't dox him. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. Was Chad's wife... Harmed in a drive-by? I don't know. In Louisiana? I don't think... Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But he is a dear listener. We played many games. Actually, we only played one. No, you played a couple of games I with I played him. games with Chad. You we ignored played, him. We you played, snobbed him. We played Barrage. That was the game that... Okay, here's the thing. This is something we learned as uh, this doesn't usually happen to us. But when you have several listeners at a show... A show... Everything's a show to us. Conventions, movies, TV, podcasts, you, shows just like how a, about you stay on all topic. encompassing. Just stay on top. A show is all encompassing. Stay on whatever top. Stay on top. You don't tell me what stay to on do. Top. You're not the boss of stay me. Stay on target. How many times have we had this discussion? Stay on target. So and that guy blows up at the show. Oh, oh so now, now, <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, Star Wars, like pork. <laughs> now you're porkins. I got this. Ah, oh, it just blows. There's always that one guy in Star Wars that just blows up. So when you have several listeners that it's you know we're, we're happy to meet them and say hello and play games 
but it's hard to schedule Indeed. because once you start a game, whether it's a one hour to four hour game, and then they're in the middle of a game and then you start and then they're done and then they start and you're done. Scheduling's an issue when once you reach our level of fame, infamy rather. Let's go with infamy. Yes. I think what you're saying is we just need our own convention. Snobcon. Yes. Where we just have people five listeners who like five us listeners will show up. Pay gratuitous amounts of money <laughs> to come eat overpriced concession oh food. Oh my god, a thirteen dollar burrito for oh, and it's brisket. And you're in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I would say Austin or Dallas, but the home of brisket shouldn't be overly priced. But of course. You know what? In this economy, everything's high priced. And you're at DFW Airport, where it is over because there's like, where else are you gonna go? You ate air, you ate airport brisket. We're, we're eating airport brisket. We can't get out because it's confusing. You're just going in circles all over the place. But anyway, Chad Chesson, we met him. We met Christopher Preston. We met Lorenzo El Magnifico. <laughs> Lorenzo El Magnifico. So, Lorenzo Lopez, if you're listening, it was a pleasure to meet you. Uh, usually, most of the people I met, I knew off of either Instagram or Facebook or some other social media. Man with the beard. What's the guy with the beard? I, have, I, do, I, was, I was unfamiliar with Remember. Mr. Lopez. but No, I'm, the other guy with the beard. Drew Horsley. Yes. He sounded Drew horse. Yes. Hit the beard. Yes. Very nice. And you know what? Every one of our fans... Super nice people. Well groomed. Super nice people. I noticed that. No odors from any of them. Eric they and Lindsay smelled good. All of our fans. Well, not that I got up and sniffed you, but I didn't. It's the fact that I didn't smell you that's a plus. We have a different class of listener. <laughs> oh, like definitely. I noticed several people. They're very intelligent people. That yes, like all very of them were and well put together. I'm scared to death they were disappointed in meeting me. That's always my biggest fear. It's like, Most you know of what? them, yeah. They're yeah. very... Eric of Lindsay and Eric? I don't know his last name. Gonzalez. I, Eric and Lindsay of Lindsay and Eric. Let's go ahead and dox them, too. They live in a cabin. <laughs> off, they live no, in a cabin County off the Road, grid. Number, uh, That dude is smart, and he was right beside you just reading the rule book over your shoulder and besting you in your games. He didn't best me. He did best you. He didn't best me. He bested you twice. When? He bested you in glory. No, that was a game that we were just, we didn't okay. even finish it. He so. bested you in, uh, we played Beyond the Sun. Which was, we were all learning at it. it <laughs> Y'all tied in Godfather? Uh, I would like a recount. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know what? And like, he's that type of person that like, he could just grasp a rule book just by like glancing at it. And I'm sitting, <laughs> I'm sitting there having to have you draw diagrams on a chalkboard of what's what. That is true. All of our fans are attractive and smart. Top five attractive fans with the board game snobs. (laughs) Uh, Christopher Preston, I already told him he's a better looking version of you. He had very nice hair. Cool goatee. He did. Yeah. So I had just made a comment about there are no cool goatees. And then he. Yeah. Did he have a goatee? goatee? I don't think it was was just a beard. No, he didn't have a goatee. Let's talk about our fans appearances. Right. This won't get us canceled. (laughs) Trust me. If we say you're all very attractive people, but Christopher Preston, you're a good looking man. You should be proud. Chad looked like a young John Voight. (laughs) (laughs) I drive Voight's LeBaron. And I won at Barrage. That was a great game. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I I turned it on. Okay, so if we're gonna discuss the games we played, we this is probably the first con we actually did play games that we've played before. So we showed or you taught Barrage to Chad and Tim. We played with Lindsay. Actually, Eric and Lindsay remembered it for us, Godfather. We had forgotten how to play. Yes. <laughs> but we played Godfather. We played Skull. We played Barrage. We played several games that we've played before. I am great Skull games. Master. All just to reiterate the greatness of these games. Barrage, four-player. My God, that's a brutal game. Yes, it is. And I was very impressed with myself, if I do say. I, I, I say yes. <laughs> I, I will say that I really expected nothing from you. <laughs> the guy, I was literally behind the entire game. And then, ran. I, I, but there was an in-game goal. And so once I realized I wasn't going to really get many points, the old-fashioned way of, you know, producing dams and electric, whatever you're producing with that uh, energy. The, you know, the, the process of the game you're supposed to do, I did none of that until like three quarters of the way through. And then I'm like, you know what? And then, of course, I did have some, Chad kept feeding me points because he kept using my turban. But then I was like, I'm just going to start building stuff for this in-game goal. It worked out for you, Colin. It worked out for me. What about Raw? It's interesting. We played that at BGG 2018. We stopped. I noticed I did not score it. We stopped because there was three of us playing. I And one of those was Enrique. And Enrique's bidding isn't his strong point. So I feel like we must have stopped because it was basically me versus you with Enrique as a wild card. And it just wasn't flowing smoothly. But this time. This time. With Joffrey. I grasped it. And I was enjoying it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's a Reiner Canizia bidding game that is also being reprinted. We played the old version. We're the new version's coming out by our friend Chad Elkins at 25th Century Game, and it's got blown up on Kickstarter. Was it? Was it Kickstarter? It, it basically it's gone. It's coming back, and it's really nice. And I enjoyed it. It's not. Yeah, I, I'm. It's it's it's. I'm probably gonna have to get it. And Rachel, I'm just joking. I know your name's Rachel. It's not Caitlin. Someone I met was named Caitlin. This there was no one named Caitlin. There was a Caitlin. You, Maybe she was from the future. We were watching SNL. I saw her through a portal. And Caitlin Jenner. Or somebody <laughs> was on SNL. One of the Kardashians. I'm sorry. That's where you got that. Kim? Kim was on. You saw a Caitlin. That's where you got that. We were watching SNL. Pretty sure. Okay, sure. Because you were wanting to watch. Some, no, I you were wanting You were wanting somewhere. to watch Obi-Wan, and you made Bubba torrent it is that what you called it i don't know but he downloaded it quick and then you fell asleep while we were watching Obi-Wan. generally the wi-fi at hotels is horrendous i don't know what he tapped into Bubba. to download two hours of obi-wan in like three seconds the force you know every now and then i take bubba for granted and then he does something like this I i'm like never take bubba. it <laughs> Never. I, I mean, I was like, that is impressive. Someone I have taken for granted was our fourth member that went with us, Mr. McHugh's Mike. I take him for granted quite often. Why do you take uh, You often call him dull and boring. You've said it on many a podcast. I may, Mike, I'm sorry to say I this, don't Mike. He recall said it. saying that. You have said it. I probably have. Why did you say that? Well, I can't control how he is. But sometimes, Mike... Busts out and is quite entertaining and insightful and brings way better whiskey than what one should. He's very generous with his whiskey. He is, which has made me... He gave us some Bubenheim 
which makes me think he's more interesting than what he lets on. Lufasta, Mufasa, Redbreast. That's Luftwaffe. Luftwaffe, the Redbreast. Yes, Luftwaffe, the Red Baron Whiskey. He bought some Cabal tequila. It was nice. He's a generous person. He's a generous man. If nothing else... He's a generous person. Slightly boring occasionally, but <laughs> how dare still, you? I, I want, you know what? He bested you in almost every game we play. I have to say, I am very impressed with Mike's. He has a he's his he's, mind is sharp as a tack. Look, you may look at you know you he look, want. Oh, let me read off here. Okay, so Saturday we played Paris. Bubba wins. We played Art Deco. Mike wins. We played Parade. Mike wins. We played QE. Mike wins. We played Skull. A game of random bluffing. Jerry wins. Big deal. Yeah. We did play Raw, and you did win Raw quite handily. Raw, Raw, Raw. Let me see. I'm searching. I'm searching. I won Cascadia. Bravo. And that's... I won Apogee, but that doesn't really count. So, yeah. We discussed all of these games, um, but we have not discussed really Beyond the Sun. Go. I enjoyed Beyond the Sun. Here's why. Number one, I learned it with my friend Eric. We sat there together, cozied up, reading the rule book, discussing the tactics and strategies that we would use. And it was nice being able to have somebody there that could read and understand rules with you. That (laughs) wasn't asking weird questions. But you know what? I noticed that when I asked a question... Eric answered me so kindly and Are patiently. you insane? He passively burned you the whole time with but his you know witty what? remarks. But you know what? I would ex- I would take a passive witty remark as opposed to disdaining. You get angry when I, I ask you a basic question. That's do. just the disdain that no, you're detecting. You, your brow furrows. I don't furrow my brows. Your brow was furrowed, and I ask a question, and your furrowed brow... Your raised voice, your condescending tone. It's like, yes, this is the rule I told you already three times. Why don't you understand? But Eric comes over and he's like, well, if you'll notice here on this card, here it is right here. So maybe just try doing that next time. I did enjoy playing Beyond the Sun, which is a Rio Grande game. It's a tech tree, basically. And you are trying to research technologies up this tech tree while at the same time utilizing this very small map off to the side to colonize various little planets with your dice, which are multi-use dice, which represent your resources, your ships, and your people. It has its own double-layered player boards that you use kind of like size style to keep track of your resources, such as removing cubes. They produce more minerals or more food. It's very nice setup. I enjoyed the rule book. There were some questions that I had that wasn't quite very clear, but we figured them out. But the actual gameplay of this, which is rather themeless, it's very bland, very themeless, but yet the little worker placement, which is not really a worker, it's just selecting an open action and doing whatever it says on there. That doesn't seem like that would be very strategic. But yet, we each took a separate path. Eric went the route of researching up this tech tree and utilizing the various advancements. While I was out exploring and colonizing the various planets, where you were just painting... I don't know what you were doing. You were wallowing in in self-pity. I was lost. So, But I noticed that at the end game, Eric really had this engine built up where he had researched these various technologies, he was able to utilize them, 
And just like a tech tree, sometimes you have to research two of the level two technologies to access a level three. It was giving him a boost. So it was like a game of special powers or privileges, I guess you could say, for the for the players that were investing in the research. And there's four different types of research. And so I went heavy into one where he more diversified. And I noticed that the different ways of playing the game, although you're doing the same thing, it still was kind of neat to watch how this all sussed out. And I have to say that as bland as it was, as themeless as it was, I thoroughly enjoyed that game. It literally is just like you could print out cue cards, make those the tech trees, have a rudimentary line of maps and say, oh, this circle here is the sun or star or whatever planet. It's a very, the the art, if you can call it that, the graphic design of the game. Yeah. Very, very but, basic, but that's all you need for this style of game. But here, Anything else would be too much. Like, what's it going to represent? Here's what I like about it, though. And, this, and I thought about this later. This game is just a tech tree. They could have overlaid it with something else. Some sort of other theme or other mechanics in an attempt to try to make you not see the tech tree underneath. But instead, no, it just throws it out there. You're trying to develop these technologies and use them. That's it. That's if the game. If you develop this level two, then you can develop this level three. That type thing. Whereas some games, that's all that they are. They're either a very random press your luck or a very basic worker placement or a very generic deck builder and they overlay that with some other theme or tack on other various little mechanics to try to drown that out so that you don't realize that you're playing a very basic game. I like it when a game knows what it is and just does it. Beyond the Sun knew what it was. It had a little bit off to the side with the little colonization track. I really liked its own your own little player board. I like that the victory points, the little in-game victory points, your achievements, they were out there. You knew what they were. I, you know how I feel about in-game scoring. There are certain games that do it right. This game did it right. It gave you an idea where you were going and what you should be looking for and gave you an impetus to go forward in this one area to get some extra points. I thoroughly enjoyed this game. Now, would I go out and blanket recommend it to people? No, because it's not flashy enough for some. No. It's themeless for some. But if you are a dry Euro type, that you play games on the computer, such as like, you know, various games that have these tech trees, the, the, these real-time strategy games or these civilization games, and you just really like that aspect of seeing what you can do to, to advance this civilization and being able to utilize that technology to your advantage pure distilled tech tree in a game this was a this is a very nice implementation i may purchase this this a tech tree is like you're literally able to see your path that you're taking mm-hmm. to the points you're making so it's like i'm going to use this to use this to use this and it's just the pattern you've chosen and it can branch off somewhat mm-hmm. but generally you choose like a specific route and that's what this game does. And it does it very straightforward. I, Even though I was pretty much lost the entire time I was playing it, I still, about three quarters of the way through, I was like, oh, okay. And then I finally grasped it. I'm like, yeah, I really like this game. It's on BGA. I have to admit that the that the rule book could have been better. I think I could teach this game better than the rule book. Like, it, it, it's, it complicated things way too much, in, in my opinion. But anyways, the, another game that I got to play. You didn't get to play it. 
Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you didn't. Uh-oh. Because this game later frustrated me greatly when I thought about it. Because I could see the potential for it. I really liked the artwork and presentation of it. But overall, it was a mess. And that would be Red Rising. Now, Red Rising is the very popular uh, Stonemaier game based on, is that a YA book? Not yes, read it's it. a YA book called Red Rising. Mm. And there's a trilogy. and I believe this was the Kickstarter version. had very nice components. And in this game, all that you're doing with a small hand of cards, you're looking at these various characters. On these characters have their victory points, what they're worth. At the end of the game, the cards in your hand will score. The characters in your hand also have a little thing at the bottom that says when you lay them down, when you quote-unquote deploy them, what they do. And these deployments can cause all sorts of manipulation out on the spaces of the board. There's like five different spaces where you have these various other characters that you're placing down that have rows of other cards. And so on your turn, you're either just going to place a card down in a row, activate what that character does, and then pick up another one and get a small bonus. Or flip a card off the top of the deck onto another row and roll a dice and get a random bonus. That's the game. It does it to a certain victory point, a certain area here as you're advancing up these little tracks, and then the game is over. These tracks mean nothing to me because I don't understand the book or what its theme is. The characters mean nothing to me. I'm sure if I was a fan, they would mean something. But essentially, this game was so random in terms of the hand of cards that you would get. I'm digging, trying to dig through a deck to get a blue card so that this card would score more points. Or most of the time when you're laying a card down and deploying it and manipulating the cards that are out there, it, it wasn't like you're doing, it wasn't like you could plan anything out. There was no strategy. I just decided, okay, I'm going to collect all these high priced gold cards and so at the end of the game i'll just keep all these gold cards in my hand so hopefully when it ends i'll have all these ones in my hand well even still you don't know what the other people have you don't know what their strategy is you don't know what they're trying to do you're just simply throwing a card out there and picking something back up that's the game i mean it might as well be I write down a secret goal for you and hand it to you, and your job is to collect all the spades. We just take a 52-card deck, deal out some cards, throw a few piles out there, and you just take turns flipping cards out there, putting one down, picking one up, putting one down, picking one up. That's the whole game. Pick, Throw a card down, pick it up. And none of the card manipulation seemed in any way like a strategy. It seemed more like a, like a, this, a chore, just... Do this. Get this card out of your hand. Pick something else up. And it frustrated me because the artwork in this game is great. The quality of the cards is really good. Everything about the game is... You were playing with the collector's edition. It was well done. Well done. Stonemaier, of course. But there are so many cards. We didn't even go through... We didn't even go through a third of the deck. And who knows? The cards that I might have needed that synergized well may have been at the bottom of the deck. It was just... It was the same frustration I have with a lot of Stonemaier games. Whereas, I see what they could have been if there had just been a little more polish on them. And Red Rising is another example. I think the more I think about Red Rising, the more my anger rises about it. The more I'm frustrated about how great you a game were, they could have been. You were quite enraged Yes, it was, it was. In very- fact, the words were said. 
I think I hate this game more than Splendor. I, I had been very irritated thinking about it because I really wanted to like it. I, I liked the presentation of it. It looked like a game of this is going to be a neat card game that's going to mm-hmm. be quick and I'm going to have to make some tough decisions. But instead, all it gave me was throw a card down, pick another one up. Like there was not really anything of any strength. And the other players don't have anything to do with you. Is there <laughs> any really. interaction? Oh, if you have more of this than the person next to you, do this. And it's like no. none of it was none of it was interesting. None of it was in the least. Because I've heard the solo is redeemable. It may have been. But this was this this was the same it gave me the same feeling of tapestry. Of like looking at tapestry, you think this is going to be something interesting. Mm-hmm. And all you're doing is running up a track. Like just you're literally just move up a track, move up a so track. So it's like saying you look up and you see a beautiful person. You're like, oh, wow, they, uh, that's a beautiful person. And then you go up to talk to them and they don't have nothing to say. They're just vapid. Essentially. like Red Rising like is the Kim Kardashian of board games. How dare you? How do you know Kim is vapid? I washed her on SNL. That's why. <laughs> no need to talk about this. Either way, so Red Rising, oh, awful. Red Rising, Jerry's new number one hated game of all time. Sorry, Chad, he played it with you. Well, Chad seemed to enjoy himself. Chad did I, enjoy himself. I enjoyed I it. I asked him, and he said, yeah, I like this Well, guy. I enjoyed it because Chad enjoyed it. That's you can good. enjoy something. I sat there, so what had happened was... You got tired because you're old. It was like 10.30. I was... Fixing, I was tired fixing to go to bed. I go upstairs to the room. My wife calls. Then Charday calls. And then I'm like, you know what? It's Sunday night. I get in this mode because I'm an old man. I'm like, I'm gearing up to go home. I'm you just ready brought to go your home. own pillow to the hotel. So I start packing up because we've got way too much crap because Bubba and Mike had left sa- Sunday. No, Saturday. Sunday. They left earlier in the day. So I'm just packing. I don't want to have to get one of them buggies and us cart all the stuff down there. So I'm, I pack up the car this evening. So by the time I packed it up, I was wide awake. And I was feeling spicy again. I'm like, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down there and see what I can find. Well, I ran into y'all and I chatted up Chad. And you looked like you were, well, A, you, anger was on your face from the game you were playing. And B, you were tired. After this, you think one affected the other? No, <laughs> no. After this, we played before we left BGG in the morning a quick game of Maglev Metro. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Yes. So I again enjoyed the components of this game: double layer boards. I did not like the cool co- Maglev. I didn't like the coloring of the. Meeples, because no, I can't tell. I wish they'd stop using that that metallic coloring, copper, gold, you can't silver. Use, I can't, the gold and the copper were almost indiscernible. I, I can't tell the difference. Uh, this game was way too light. I, I I I thought this game was supposed to be heavy. And I mean, on the weights and everything that I've heard about it, this game was supposed to be an interesting route building game with this player board and pickup delivery type thing. And again. I often forget how much I hate pick up and deliver. And they're, then you're reminded. And oh, then yeah. I'm reminded when I sit down to play this game that is basically do a couple quick actions of move your train, put some people in your train, take these people over here, use those people to upgrade when your it's player. So board. just 
that's it. Like that's the main mechanism and that's all you do. And you can do it with three actions, pick them up, move them, drop them off, pick them up, move them, drop them off. That's maglev Metro. It was not engaging. But what got me is that just a few days before I'd learned an 18 XX game, which is route building and having trains and being able to complete routes but that's not the entirety of the game. But even that simple bit, that part of the 18XX game of building these routes, which you're just literally in 18MS that we were playing, you just played one tile or you upgraded one tile. It was a very small map. Painfully slow movement of you just lay a tile or upgrade a tile to a different type of tile. That was way more interesting. And to me... I know I know it's a different, completely different genre and weight, but way more engaging than this Maglev Metro. They need to make an 18 Maglev Metro. They need to, well, they've made several entry level, which was what this 18 MS was, uh, game is Missouri. And I believe 18 Chesapeake is also an entry level. I would have never have thought, I've always wanted to play an 18XX game to understand how they operate. And I've always heard that City of the Big Shoulders is quite similar. Found that out that they are very much similar, except in their way that the money is handled and and kind of the, the stock manipulation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I may I see why so many people enjoy the various variations of these 18XX games. This is something that I may very well be getting into. I, I desperately want to get an entry-level 18MS or 18 Chesapeake game and introduce y'all to it because I think it is v- very much something we would enjoy. I like stocks. I do too. Even if I'm not that great at them, I like. I've, that's why I like Airlines Europe so much. It's just that stockpile. You love stockpile. I like stockpile a lot, but uh, I really like City of the Big Shoulders. And it's, but that's probably about as heavy as I want to get with it. I think, in my opinion, this 18ms to me was lighter. The city of the big shoulders. Like I, as we were playing it, the in, individual that was teaching it, I got to thinking. I thought this was heavier. I like I was afraid of this game when we started, but really, it made a lot more sense to me than City of the Big Shoulders in some ways. It's like you're not having to handle putting workers on each little company and unlock this and this is the price. No, it's simple. You buy stock or sell stock, and now that that phase is over, you build. Your tracks, run your train, you get X amount of money. And it was very clear of how it, it was done. And then rinse, dry, repeat. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I'll have to check it out. City of the Big Shoulders. That's City of the Big Shoulders. That's seven syllables. Mm-hmm. Cot BS. Four syllables. Okay. Cot BS. Three syllables. We could we could shorten it down. We could save tons of time. Just I just say Big Shoulders. BS. Big shoulders. That's also three left. That's syllables. I see. I'll allow it. Okay. Oh, I don't. I don't. City of the big shoulders. I'm not saying it again. I don't have time for all those syllables. I don't like to say acronyms because you don't. I love don't acronyms. I hate acronyms. I'm an acronym guy. I know, but you don't like them if you don't. I'm know an them. AG. You don't acronym know. Guy. You don't know them if you don't. But you don't like them if you don't know them. Uh, but there's a difference between there. I, I was noticing there's a difference between what like NASA, which is like. Actually, the just a word named of mm-hmm. National Aeronautics, mm-hmm. as opposed to OMG for like, oh my god, 
and there's a difference there, and I've already forgotten what it was. Yeah, one's but, an acronym, and one's I can't remember. There, there's there's another term where you pronounce the word, and there's another yeah. term where you say the letters. Yeah, I can't remember what that is. Yeah, like OMG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the one is like NASA. You've made a word of the letters, whereas OMG, you're just saying the letters. No one says oh my god. Yeah, oh my god. Mg. Well, maybe they do. But I'm an, an acronym guy. I'm an AG. Mm. Initialism. That's what it is. I think that's it. Sounds good. You're an initialist? Initialist. I think so, because they're initials. Initialism. I'm that's going a with that. big word for I something so. that shortened things. I think so. I think that's it. Anyways. I'm an IG guy. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any other games that stand out to me. Out of the con, I really did enjoy Paris. I think it's a great game for Euro gamers. Art Deco was good. QE was very interesting. I renewed my love for Godfather. And I have forgotten. I had forgotten how cutthroat and crazy Godfather was. It is. And it was amazing. I messed up and put myself in first place and played poorly, enabling everyone to continually blow me up and put me in the Hudson. So I lost, but still yet, I just enjoy. And that it it is it's one of those, it's a take that. It's a severe take that you're literally disposing of your enemies and it's super thematic in that sense i mean we've we've said the whole thing it didn't necessarily have to be the godfather but sure if it's a mafia style the cards and everything i love that game but if you're not a take that person it is not a game for you indeed so quite a lot of fun that we had at bgg you are currently going on vacation for a while, so we'll be out yeah. again. I have work this week; it's going to kill me. By the time the, the, this episode will be airing, hopefully, if I'm able to get to it, by the time I'm already back, but we're recording it ahead of time. Another tenant situation. In case you die on the plane crash, uh, uh, I hope. Uh, R.I.P. Enrique hasn't even made it back. He's still stuck in Belize. They're still there? I thought he was supposed to be back I don't know. I've never heard. AKA three weeks ago. We're still waiting for his the ransom to come through. Oh, my goodness. He may be there. You know who we need to call? Rolf Eckler. So, yeah, it's one person we didn't see. We didn't see Rolf. I don't know where Rolf lives. Nobody knows where Rolf lives. In a gritty Manhattan apartment, no doubt. No, Rolf lives in a fifth wheel off in the middle of nowhere. See, I had more of like a Dick Tracy no, sombrero no, Rolf. Not sombrero. What do they call those? Fedora. Rolf, no, no. He's but, living off the grid in a fifth wheel. A stream? Is it an Airstream? Or yes. is that too nice? No, it's an old Airstream. It's an old it's Airstream. Old, it's got bullet holes in it. You know who likes Airstreams? Someone who likes... Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Mr. Fry guy himself. Vocal Fry. You remember the fry like for the mcdonald's they had like the fry and they were like the fry guy the hamburger and they look like cheerleader pom-poms is it greaves the purple dude the purple grimace dude. grimace but the, they had like these fry they, they look yeah like they look like pom-poms yeah i don't know why they popped in my head all of a sudden but they were kind of disturbing. All those characters are somewhat disturbing to well, me. Well, Ronald McDonald was disturbing, but they had to give He's him a like clown. Don't need no clown. John Wayne Gacy ruined clowns for everyone. And then you had the Hamburglar, which I don't understand what they were trying to do with that. Was he a thief? Or are they or are they recommending you steal hamburgers? I think he was like supposed to be the antagonist. 
He was the antagonist? Yeah. like he, So he's trying to steal your hamburger, but why was he a mascot for McDonald's? Well, he wasn't really a mascot. He was like a side character. He's like the guy. He's like Swiper. I think they've all been canceled as well. Have they? <laughs> Hamburger's been canceled. He sure? got He got caught one too many times. You can't be stealing stuff. There are no real mascots. That's kind of a thing that's gone away. And Grimace was like a, just a big purple something he was he was an actual food but i cannot tell you i can't remember what he he was a food eggplant maybe he was an eggplant he wasn't Uh, a food he was just a purple no wonder he's been canceled he can't even tweet himself so yeah mascots have gone the way that's why we were going to kick off our armadillos but then we found out they have leprosy what was grimace supposed to be grimace is a character featured in mcdonald land commercials he is a rotund purple being of indeterminate species with short arms and legs. Told you. He is known for his slow-witted demeanor. Oh, they were making... See, McDonald's that's why you need to be cancelled. They were making fun of poor Grimace. Look at him. He's just smiling and happy right there. He's never hurt anybody. He <laughs> looks a lot like... <laughs> I'm not... You know, me purple. I'm, I, I'm just saying is that... So we slept in the same motel room and there were nights where you, you really need a CPAP. You got some sleep apnea. And I would get up, go to the bathroom, and I look over, and you were turning purple. You look a little grimacing. <laughs> My lips were blue. Lips are blue. That's going right. to do it well, for us. BGG Spring was very pleasant. Um, I'm not sure I will share a room with four of us again. I'm too old for this. If Mike keeps bringing the whiskey <laughs> and Bubba keeps torrenting what shows I need. I mean, they each bring something to the affair. They do. So, well, I mean, can't we just share a room? Two and two, that's what I say. I need my own bed. You want Bubba or you want Mike? I'll take the whiskey. <sighs> yeah, yeah, because Mike snores too. Put both snores in one room, and then you and Bubba, and we'll come over and watch shows that Bubba's ripped off the internet, and we'll drink whiskey, then me and Mike will go snore in the other room while y'all sleep peacefully. Sounds like a plan. That's going to do it for this episode. I'm Gabby. This Jay. Bye-bye. Thank you for tolerating this episode of the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy.